I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Triple double watch. That's what we got going on right in front of us. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Juan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. If you don't see us there in studio, it's because we are here. Idaho Central Arena, downtown Boise, Idaho. This is uncharted territory for us. Not being at this tournament, somebody asked me the other day, how many of these have I covered in a row? And it goes all the way back to 2007, so I'm feeling pretty old here. But we haven't ever had a Big Sky tournament where we've had two days of action, and not just any action, pure pandemonium yesterday here at the Big Sky tournament. Uh, so we have a, all sorts of stuff to get to since the last time we came with you. Right in front of us right now, Kalaja Dean affirming why she was the Big Sky Conference MVP in women's basketball. She's got 22 points, 12 rebounds. By the way, she's like 5'4", and she also has 8 assists. Right as we uh, just came on air, she's had a sweet dish to the corner for a 3 to put the third-seeded Sac State women's basketball team up 71-58 over Idaho. About two minutes to play here uh, in Boise. Sac, uh, they are Big Sky champs for the first time in their school's history, and now they're closing in on a semifinal berth. All sorts of stuff to get to today. We're only on the third day of the tournament. It's only a Monday, and both the Montana schools are already out in women's basketball. Also, though, the top seed in men's hoops is out as well. Eastern Washington goes down on a buzzer beater last night, which opens up a lot of things, particularly for the Montana Grizzlies, who play here in about 90 minutes uh, in their first game of this tournament. Montana State, their men's basketball team, the defending champions, they came up with a big win last night. So we'll get through all of that. we got our Stockman Bank scoreboard. Also give you all the best of the best from the high school weekend. We got our state tournament fields set across high school basketball in the state of Montana. That's all going to be part of this first hour, the Montana Basketball Hour. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, will be riding shotgun with me here in just a minute. Hour number two, Andrew Houghton's going to jump on. We're going to break down everything we saw in the women's games, particularly the unbelievably disappointing loss to the defending tournament champions, the Montana State women. And we'll also give you a preview of the uh, Grizz basketball game here tonight. And then Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst, she'll swing by uh, about 5.30. That's your show outlook. This is our tournament takeover. Tournament takeover brought to you by so many fine sponsors, including Dazzler's Car Wash. Dazzler's Car Wash located there on Radio Way. Keep your car clean all spring long. Get one of those unlimited packages. It's going to save you a lot of money. It's really convenient. You can get in and out. Go check out Dazzler's Car Wash, our next-door neighbor at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. 
Coulter Nuanas, now Riley Corcoran coming to you courtside from downtown Boise. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, this is always the best time of year. I was joking with you. Been here a couple days. Now it's time for me to go to work. Yeah, though. that's Christmas right. Basketball's had a long layoff with this newer format that I think all of us are getting used to. Totally. And it's going to pose a question right away. How much advantage did the one and two seeds get? I don't know if you're talking with Trisha Binford or, or maybe David Riley. Say maybe not that big of an advantage yesterday. So I know we can go down that rabbit hole, too. It's so much fun being here. We knew, Coulter, that this tournament, this league, particularly this season, was going to just give us a couple of surprises, and we finally got those delivered to us. And I think yesterday was kind of a shell shock moment for uh, the entire Big Sky Conference. It's Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in and connect to an ever-changing world. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. Here's your Stockman Bank scoreboard from the first two days of the Big Sky Tournament. The tournament got underway with women's games. Number nine, Northern Colorado, made short work of Weaver State, 69-62, or 63-62, excuse me. Uh, Portland State beat Idaho State, 75-58. Callie Bourne, the all-Big Sky point guard for the Bengals, uh, she tore her ACL in practice earlier in the week, so uh, uphill sledding to be sure for Idaho State. Northern Arizona's men, uh, they had little trouble with Idaho under Idaho's uh, not even interim, just acting head coach in Tim Marion. We'll get to that in just a minute. A lot of drama behind the scenes there uh, at Idaho, but Northern Arizona beats Idaho 87-76. And then the final score of Saturday, number eight, Northern Colorado beat number seven, Portland State 84-80. Sunday, the top-seeded Northern Arizona women, uh, they were really good early and really good late and overcame a sort of skittish middle two quarters to win uh, 64-48 over Northern Colorado. The first upset of an upset, or a Sunday full of them, excuse me, Portland State's women, they hit 15 threes, tie a school record, and they dispatch of second-seeded Montana State, the defending tournament champions, 77-65. NAU's men, they win on Oakland Fort's buzzer beater. If you haven't seen it, you must live under a rock. It was blowing up Twitter. I don't know. I didn't watch SportsCenter last night. Was it on SportsCenter? Number one. Had to be number, number one. one. I mean, to, to beat the top seed on a walk-off buzzer beater, especially when you have lost at the buzzer three times this season, uh, unbelievable. I mean, it, you don't want to say, like, karma's a real thing, but, I mean, NAU deserved to win that game, not only because they took Eastern down the wire, but they've lost in heartbreaking fashion so many times. And to not give up on their season. How many times, Colter, could you oh, say? Oh, man. Oh, man, okay. Throw in the towel, right? The Portland State, .4 second left, full court heave. That was improbable. You're right, 10 losses by three or less, three of them being at the horn. They were due, and I think that's just the best way to say it. Um, it was pretty special and magical being their courtside. Both of us were. And we're not talking just a normal three-pointer that thing was five six feet behind the line Definitely. like clear three just the magic of march is I, I think what i said right away and I, and I stick right with it in northern arizona we've said it on your show we've said it on podcast skyline all of the outlets in northern arizona is the most dangerous team in this league and they proved it on sunday in uh, the most miraculous way of doing it how about eastern washington 18 straight wins and then three straight losses unbelievable wow i think it shows exactly the parody that existed in the men's league this one in front of us winding down. So Sac State into the semifinals. The three seed, they will take on seventh seeded Portland State, who knocked out the two seed, the Bobcats, 
yesterday. Sac State's women win 73-58. Kalasia Dean, the Big Sky MVP, 22 points, 13 rebounds, and 8 assists. Isnel Natabo, Sac State's all-Big Sky center, 22-10. and 10. And uh, Sac State continues their ex excellent season under second-year head coach Mark Campbell. You've watched more of the women's league than I have this year. I've only get, gotten to watch Sacramento State a couple of times. Who can stop Natabo in this league when she's on? You can't. I mean, that's the thing is Sac State has the perfect formula. When Katie Penoeta is back, because you have to trap Dean on the ball if you don't want her to go crazy. And then if you don't do that, she's going to go nuts. If you do do that, she can just dump off to Natabo, and Natabo is just a bucket in the paint because she's 6'5", and one of the strongest players this league has ever seen. If you double Natabo, then they kick to the corner, they got shooters, and they knocked out 10 three-pointers in this game, and uh, that's why they're moving on. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on the Montana Basketball Hour. Uh, okay, all sorts of questions for you, Riley. First of all, let's start with the uh, dispatching of the top seed at Eastern Washington men. There has been an unbelievable number of upsets in this tournament since it went to a neutral site. But we were really going through the history of it. Steve Smiley, Northern Colorado coach, made a comment last night. He said, almost every year the one or two seed loses. That's not true on the men's side. On the women's side, the one seed has lost several times. Montana State losing on a half-court buzzer beater in Reno comes to mind. Um, Idaho State's women losing last year in their first tournament game. Uh, and then Montana State, the defending champions, they weren't the one seed, but they were certainly the team to beat in this bracket coming in. So upsets have been prevalent and uh, and frequent amongst the top seeds on the women's side. On the men's side, when you look at and remember back to all the upsets, it's almost always the two seed going down, not the one. The one has made it at least to the semifinals, and we were going through it pretty much every year. The one actually gets to the championship, whether they win or lose. So this was a, a historic upset by NAU. Monumental, because you go back to the old format, and for folks that need a refresher, it was only six teams that made it. The top two were already into the semifinals. This is the first time in the history of the Big Sky Conference that the number one men's seed has not made it to the semis. And a team that was breaking records with 18 straight wins, getting out to the 16-0 start, and, man, it all came crashing to a halt for Eastern Washington. Idaho State got their number. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth for just a second because it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Me neither. With, with what happened, same time with how dominant Eastern was coming in here, you didn't know how they were going to respond, right? And I think that loss to Montana State was the reason that they fell a little bit too on Sunday. They lost their mojo coming in here, and that, that's what Eastern Washington thrived upon. NAU was ready for the moment in that game. I, I was not that surprised, but man, to see it play out in action, because I think we try and speak these upsets into existence each right. year because we know the league, but you're right, it never does happen. It's like, okay, well, they, they could compete, but number one, number two, always move on. Not the case this year, and boy, are we in for any more upsets we're going to find out here shortly. Eastern Washington being the top seed, having the best start in the history of the Big Sky Conference, and then completely fading out of the tournament. What does that say about the league? I have a lot of thoughts on, on this whole deal, but I mean, what do you think just the fact that the champ that was the best start in the league's history is out? It's the elephant in the room. This league is better towards the middle, but it hasn't been elite at the top sure. for a little bit. And I think that, that that's a huge part of this thing. Yeah. Yes, Eastern ran off a lot of wins, but how many of those were close that could have went the other way? I just never saw them as the dominant team, and I don't see any team here. I still think the teams remaining, there's no dominant team left. You, you can make the argument for any team left to still pull out a victory and, and win here in Boise. So I, I was not that surprised by all of it, but my goodness. Here's the way I'll break this yep. down from, from the very start. I think that this league had only three teams that had real 
returning players that understood their coaches. Eastern Washington, Montana State, and Montana. Eastern came together quicker and won close games early, and then all of a sudden they got a bunch of momentum. Montana State was sort of dealing with the target on their back, but then they sort of found their footing, and now all of a sudden they're one of the hottest teams uh, in the Big Sky Conference, having now, after last night's victory, won 11 out of their last 12. I also think there's a certain element of pressure and a certain element of just having a giant target on your back if you're the Cats. I think they've had to endure that all year long. And then I think the Grizz, although they did have a couple key returners like Josh Bannon, Brandon Whitney, they didn't really understand the hierarchy of leadership. They didn't understand where Anna Moody was going to fit in the, the fold. I also think, though, Eastern, because they coalesced first, they had less room to grow. Everybody else in the league had an unbelievable amount to grow because they added so many guys to their rotation. You can point that to the Grizz. You can point like that to Weaver State. You can point like that to, to Montana State, and I, I think that's part of it as well. And I also just think that that's just sort of the state of college basketball at this exact moment as well. I mean, there's been sort of a restratification of talent, and the mid-majors have taken a big hit. And uh, to me, it's not a surprise that it took the three premier programs in the league, Montana, Montana State, and Weber State, and Easter's there too, but it took all of those teams a while to find their footing. I think it's just a sort of a microcosm of the state of college basketball. Well, every team is brand new each season now, even more so with the transfer portal. And I'm glad that you mentioned Weber State because they fall in this category too. We looked middle of December and we're thinking, who is this team? Dylan Jones, kind of in the doghouse, missed a game. All of a sudden, they end on a 17-7 and streak going yep. in. Nobody really wants to play them either. They have found their identity. First year, Eric Duft, head coach. New system, maybe a new voice with Randy Ray. But all of these teams have evolved. I obviously have had the front row seat to Montana. I feel they maybe evolved more than anybody. That's right. And especially in a quick amount of time because that game against Sacramento State, that was only five weeks ago where they hit rock bottom and now – totally different team. The Cats have been solid and I think that we kind of got lost a little bit, Coulter, through the middle of this season and give credit to Eastern Washington but they made us kind of forget of who the top two were picked in the preseason That's poll right. and, and who the defending champion was and who has the reigning coach of the year and who has the MVP back. It was Montana State. They have found their groove at the end. Montana has. Coach Dekir, longest tenured coach in the league, re-identified themselves. New leadership. and Moody. Josh Bannon has done a great job, in my opinion, of, I don't want to take say take a back seat, but evolve into a role that is best beneficial for his teammates. And that's the reason why Montana is sitting here in a good spot. And especially with the teams they have in front of them, if you would have said for to a Grizz fan that the path to a Big Sky Conference championship game is to beat two teams that have 11 wins. Amazing. That, that's what's there. Idaho State 11 and 20, Northern Arizona 11 and 22. Yes, they're both dangerous. Yes, they're both capable. But you cannot ask for any better path if you're Montana. They're feeling really good about themselves too. But you're right. It's a microcosm in all of college basketball, the evolution of teams, and why also. Do we, do we pull out this conversation right now, too, the neutral site tournament? Sure. Right? I, I mean, because you really can hit the reset button. You can totally re-evolve your team February 1st, and you still have a chance. Whereas Eastern Washington was playing at home, I know it's the classic what if, but I do think that's a big factor in why you also are seeing more patience. Patience is not a thing that coaches like having very much, especially Travis DeKir and Danny Sprinkle. Totally. But at the same time, they were able to be patient with their teams this year and to see guys like great Osborne. I mean, to me, you could put him right on par with Jabril Bello. For sure. When Bello was not playing his best when he was going through that funk, they evolved with him too. So you can go through every single team and point to it, but it's a great point on your part saying that the evolution of teams, people can be more patient now.
Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. They're also the official sponsor of Riley's great podcast, the Inside the Den podcast, and they're also the premier sponsor here of the Montana Basketball Hour. We're coming to you here at Idaho Central Arena here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for listening to ESPN Radio or tuning in to SWX Montana Television. Or if you want to stream, you always can on the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Uh, how about the Cats last night then? I thought the Cats were all business. And I think that um, for all of the things we just said about the the analysis of college basketball, and, and make no mistake, the Cats made some key additions in the offseason. I mean, Darius Brown's been a revelation. He could have been the newcomer of the year in the league. And he was, he was the defensive player of the year in the league. I mean, Caleb Fuller. Was UC Davis transfer. He had four threes last night and was kind of the X factor for the Cats. But all that said, they are the team to beat now with uh, Eastern Washington going down. And they, they have the familiar faces. They got the coach who's had the most recent success in this tournament uh, and Danny Sprinkle. And last night against a team in Northern Colorado that I know had Sprinkle very concerned. No messing around. Montana State was doubling them up at halftime. And uh, then cruised from there, 84-73, they beat Northern Colorado. To me, it's identity. Identity. Yeah. Montana State has it, that toughness, that, that grit, that how Danny Sprinkle acts on the sideline, that's how they play. And that's I mean right. that as a compliment because they are connected and they're together. You're right, they're the team to beat. They, it did not surprise me that game. I just feel Northern Colorado, they missed Kerr Joan Cooch more For than sure. we ever thought they could. Yes, Bodie uh, Hume as well. But they got dominated in the post. For sure. They had three guards that could score 20 in United but they couldn't protect the rim to save their lives. Right, and there's a big reason why they were sitting 12-20 and 20 or whatever they ended up finishing up. But all three games where the Cats played UNC blitzed them early, and even more so last night. Final score, I don't think, tells the whole story. The Cats were up by 20 mostly the entire game. So that was a dominant win and a statement to where, I don't know, are there any parallels? I think Montana State and all their fans and the men's team watched the women get upset, I think, even more so to be on For high sure. alert to make sure that didn't happen to them. They looked focused. They looked connected. They look very dangerous. The most, uh, I actually don't even know if it's shocking at all, uh, but the, probably the most pertinent result for our listeners from today so far, the Lady Grizz. They lose uh, in the first round again. And, you know, Riley, it's it's to the point now where the, the thing that makes Lady Grizz basketball have such a premier spot on this show and have such a premier spot in the hierarchy of the state is the history and the tradition of it. But at some point, that's just so far in the distant past that you, you wonder if it becomes unfair to even talk about it. I mean, Brian Holsinger has made an unbelievable effort and point to make that a part of what he wants his program to be about. I think there's a lot of good parts of that. I think there's also some detriments to it as well. But the Lady Grizz lost 72-64 uh, to Eastern Washington. Out the gates, you're thinking, wow, this team looks loose. They look cool. They look confident. They looked better in the first 10 minutes of a game at a neutral site tournament since since they went to neutral site, since Robin Selvig retired. And then the, the wheels came off, and they turned the ball over seven times in the second quarter, and Eastern went on a 21-4 run, and then Eastern just out-tucked them in the second half. Well, as the dust settles, though, that's six straight conference tournament losses for Lady Grizz. That's five years in a row they've come to this thing and gone one and done. How do we reconcile this? Because, you know, it, it, it's it's gone through so many different iterations since Selvig walked away, and, and the result, that's been the only consistent part, is when they come to the neutral side tournament, they lose. It's been now, it, it has been so many years to the point now, grave concern comes into mind, because 
clearly mental with the squad now coming. They look like a team to me, Coulter, that played tight the entire second half. That's I mean, right. They were playing loose in the first quarter. They were up by nine. That's when you have to hit the accelerator down. Instead, it was almost like they started thinking too much. Yep. And, and things, rotations, however everything kind of pulled pull, pulled together for the Lady Grizz, it didn't click. And I felt they spent so much emotional energy trying to get back. And what is hard for someone that follows this team, right, all year long is I didn't see belief. And this Lady Grizz program is one that is built on belief. You come to be a Lady Grizz, you're going to win the Big Sky. You're going to compete every year. That's right. That is what has been lost. And now we're over five years removed from a dominant run. And even towards the final couple of years of Coach Selvig, That's right. the tournament was not kind to the Lady Grizz. But all of that being said, you have an identity crisis because you're caught between the past and you're caught between the future. And I think that this team also was a great microcosm of that. You have very talented upperclassmen. Yep. But as the conference season started to shift, all we were hearing about was maybe the youth movement. Yep. So it's a matter of, well, what are you going to go with? Because I felt like maybe through the p- portions of individual games there was an identity crisis and and it's kind of a a small snapshot to a bigger picture and extremely unfortunate and disappointing i mean the lady grizz again coming into this tournament yes eastern washington was a tough draw but at the same time this thing was for the taking for them as well and again kind of a predictable ending for uh how they have shown here in boise unfortunately fascinating parallel duan is now espn radio that trisha benford uh, Montana State women's basketball coach. She got up at her post-game press conference last last uh, evening and said, "This was all between the ears. We couldn't handle the pressure, the adjustments we needed to make, to make, the things we needed to change. We just couldn't do it." That that makes sense to me for Montana State because you're trying to write this storybook ending for this senior class that's been so great for the Cats. But for Lady Grizz, they have similar mental angst. But it's been this thing that's sort of been passed down now to several groups. Like when you watch them against Eastern Washington, to me, Eastern's a good team. And they have some really good talent. talent. I mean, and they're I, on fire right they're now. They're definitely on fire. That's their fifth win in a row. I think Jody Gleason is a perfect fit for that program. I think she, her junior college background and sort of being able to recruit kids with a chip on their shoulder that, you know, has some swag. I mean, Jimmy Loretta was was lights out in that game, and, and she just took the ball away from the Lady Grizz three times in a row, and that's what swung the momentum, and then Eastern carried it. But when you just say player for player, Eastern's not more talented than Montana. T- Montana's more talented than everybody that I've seen in the league. We just watched the two, the best duo in the league, but Sac State only has four good players. They just happen to have two of the best three <laughs> in the whole league. Right, that's why right. they're in the semis. Yep. But, you know, the Lady Grizz, I guess what I'm saying is the least of their problems is their talent. But I just wonder when it's not just a, a singular season worth of mental angst. Instead, it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's 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 tough to overcome, but also it's something that they absolutely have to identify. You wonder if you just maybe flush the past and just say, hey, let's just concentrate on right now and the future, and let's just not talk about it in this other stuff until we can identify and our own selves. Maybe you just don't go back to talking about where you fit in Lady Grizz legacy until you believe and belong in that legacy. I think that that is a great way for them to start moving forward because, again, they, they are holding on by a string, it feels like. And I do think, like, Coach, and I hate to compare the both, both teams in just situations, but Coach DeCure halfway through January, didn't allow his team to say the word family anymore, right? Like, you right. guys aren't playing like that. So let's, right. let's not fake it, okay? Right. We are who we are. And the Lady Grizz need to find out 
who they are. And I think it goes down to the very basic level, and then you start building it up again because Coulter, I, I hate playing the compare game as well, but Mark Campbell was hired two years ago. That's right. And they are sitting here in the semifinals. Jordy Gleason was hired two years ago. They're sitting there in the semifinals. So what? what is held? Portland State, Chelsea Gregg was sitting there two years, hired two years ago. They're in the semifinals. They went 0 for 20 last year in the Big Sky Conference, and they're in the semis. And I think that all three of those coaches that you said would love to have Montana's resources. That's right. Right? And so I, the excuse game, I, I think, is getting tired, and I think Lady Grizz fans are, are urgent, right? And I think they should be because uh, this program deserves to win at this stage. I, I just wonder so much of it if so much of it is just sort of the way that modern life works too though. I've often thought this. Riley Corker, Voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here. We're coming to you courtside from Boise, Idaho. It's our tournament takeover. Thanks so much to Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug for getting us here on the road to Boise. Palmer's Drug, Lolo Drug, both locally owned and operated pharmacies. Go see how local pharmacies can help you. Stay away from the corporate guys. Go where somebody knows your name. Check out Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug. You're my, you're my, one of my good buddies, man. But you're also one of the best play-by-play guys on the west on the West Coast. UM Sports Information and videos and everybody that does such a great job of of promoting the programs. When the Lady Grizz win, it's a landslide of content. You're on Skyline Sports. You're on ESPN Radio. You're on SWX Montana Television. You're leading the news. You're in the front page of the Missoulian. You got people writing feature stories about you. You got thousands of people following you on Twitter and retweeting it and all that. You got hype videos, pregame, postgame, photo galleries, players getting mic'd up. I just wonder if it's like too much sometimes, right? Like, and I don't want you need you guys to stop doing what you're doing because that's what you got to do to hang in this modern day of college athletics. Right. But I, you know, like. I hearken back to last year when the Lady Grizz beat Weber State on a buzzer beater. And that was the last place team in the league. And Sophia Styles is a great moment. She's a multi-Montana girl, and she's the darling of the program. She's, you know, a former high school superstar. But then that affected them so much. It's the same thing with this team. They beat Northern Arizona in overtime at Flagstaff. And then, you know, there's 17 people at the press conference writing writing all sorts of feature stories about them, and then they lose four out of the next five. And now I guess after today, five out of the next six. I don't know. I wonder if that's a factor. There's also one huge stat to me that also helps tell the story, I think, of the Lady Grizz and maybe the pressure maybe being too much for them is their home record, Coulter. They were eight and six yeah, right, home this right. year. And, and, I, and they started what, like one and four or one yeah, and five? Yeah. I mean, those are little pieces that sure. help tell the full story. And I, I think you're on to something there. I, I, trust me, people that have been around the program have tried to, to try to identify what exactly it is. But at the end of the day, the mental block of past and present is where we're at with the Lady Grizz. And it's an unfortunate result for them again here. That's all to say that I do think that uh, two of the best young players in the league are Matt Coning and Libby Stubb. And to, to sort of start with them moving forward, uh, pretty good place to start. They also got Carmen G. Feller coming back for another senior year. Gina Markson coming back for another senior year. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where they turn the page uh, from here. Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz. Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk just briefly about this uh, Idaho State-Montana game because the Grizz, they are on the court here uh, in Boise, Idaho. More on the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in and connect to an ever-changing world. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. 
More from Idaho Central Arena downtown in Boise, Idaho. Right after this, keep it right here. No one is now. ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Once upon a time, we spent uh, a lot of days in Reno, Nevada, and there was an on-site DJ that uh, was something special, something I'll never forget because it was just like on repeat playing the same 18 songs. I thought I was going insane by the end of the third year of Reno. That's all to say here in Boise, welcome back to Anna's Now, the... DJ has been fire, and they've been playing all sorts of songs that I never expected to hear, particularly because half the songs they've been playing are like deep-cut old-school hip-hop that was released before most of the people that are playing in these games at the Big Sky Tournament were even born. Love it. Coming back with a little Kanye. They have decided that Kanye's not canceled yet here uh, in the state of Idaho. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, rolling with me, Coulter Nuanas, courtside here at Idaho Central Arena. Actually, we're in our not really courtside. We're like courtside on the third floor but i mean this is a sweet venue right man i love this venue it is perfect for the big sky and it the fact it's right downtown too for sure it it just has a perfect fit yes if they could maybe just maybe be just a thousand more people on average this place would be loud because even if and you were here saturday night when the idaho men took on nau that was a good game too that was played in the 80s this place got full because Idaho has such a great alumni base here, and it got pretty loud, and it still was probably only half to two-thirds full if this thing could get rocking just a little bit more. But uh, absolutely love this setup, love the arena, love everything about Boise. Our Montana basketball hour continues. Got all sorts of high school updates for you coming up here after a little while as well. How about the Flathead Girl? They hit the walk-off buzzer beater on her home court to win the divisional tournament. That's a dream. That's right. That's what dreams are made of. I hope it's not the best moment of her life. It might be. (laughs) (laughs) We, though, uh, are talking all things Big Sky Conference Tournament here uh, at the Big Sky Conference Tournament uh, in Boise. And uh, warm-ups underway, about 54 minutes and change until the Montana Grizzlies and the Idaho State Bengals Square off in the 4-5 game. Uh, Riley, in terms of the the games I covered in Missoula this year, I thought certainly the best first half of the season performance for Montana was against Idaho State. And this is a very favorable matchup for the Grizzlies. They beat this team twice in the regular season. They had 13 three-pointers in Missoula and beat them by 29 points. That was sort of the one bright spot of the first half of the conference slate for the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies have been excellent in the second half of conference play, having won eight out of nine coming into this tournament. So um, 
just break this one down for us. What do you think of this matchup against Idaho State for Montana? I mean, on paper, I want to be careful with this, right, because it is tournament time, but on paper, you could not have had a better matchup for Montana with how they make Idaho State uncomfortable, winning by 29, like you said, Missoula, biggest win of the season for Montana. That's when they were still finding their footing a little bit. The win in Pocatello was more impressive, number one, because you see how Idaho State competed. They beat Eastern Washington there. Tough place to win, but Montana won that game despite Anand Moody and Josh Bannon not even being at their best. It was Deshaun Thomas. Remember that guy? For he sure. He scored four games <laughs> ago. Remember that a couple guy, games, gosh. But at the same time, Montana on paper, they have to love this. They've won 24 of the last 25 games against Idaho State. It's the first time these guys are meeting in the tournament since 2008, but there's one big number that stands out to me. For Idaho State, they have one conference tournament win in the last 12 years. So the belief factor, I wonder where it's there for Idaho State. I give Coach Looney a ton of credit. That win over Eastern, clearly huge. Huge. But, but how many people believe that this is the fifth place team in the Big Sky Conference? Well, that's the thing is I thought that there was really no uh, delineation between five through ten, and I actually thought that there was a definitively fifth best team. It was Northern Arizona. They just happened to lose in heartbreaking fashion a variety of times throughout the year. I mean, you are what your record says you are. So uh, no demeaning this 9-9 nine nine, uh, Idaho State team. Um, and I also think Looney did do a good job to get them into the position uh, to have a bye. To me, Riley, the, the number one thing standing in front of the Grizz in this, aside from their opponent, is the opportunity that they have. Can they embrace it, or does the hype of thinking ahead get in the way? Because it's easy to say, hey, we're the four seed. We know we're right there with everybody in the league. We took Montana State down the wire twice. We took Eastern down the wire twice. You know, we split with Weber and one in Ogden. But when the number one seed goes down, you don't want to look ahead and say, hey, book us in the championship. All we got to do is beat Idaho State and NAU, or two, who are two of uh, the lesser teams in this conference. Montana can't overlook this game. They got to take care of this game if they want to get to the next game. I, that, to me, the mental fortitude of Montana is number one here today. Keys to the game when it comes on my pregame radio, that's what it's going to be. Between the ears, just believing in what they have put together. Now, Montana hasn't played for a while either. And you wonder, I mean, just in the fact, yes, the Idaho game, but the Portland State game got canceled. Sure. They thought they'd have more. Even is that be, good or bad for the Grizz? I think that they wanted to play that game. Yeah. I, I think with the way that they were playing. I think everybody in the league wanted to play the game, too. I think the only mm -hmm. team in the league that didn't want to play that game was Portland State. And how about that? How it didn't work out that <laughs> way? Yes, that, that's, a, uh, that's a real topic of conversation. But I, I think for Montana in this game, what they have been able to do that no one else did was take Braden Parker out of it. Braden yep. Parker's yep. been great in this league, but what has been huge for Montana? Having Deshaun Thomas and Josh Bannon be able to pull Parker away from his natural spot in the post where he just wants to bang bodies and go to work down there. That's a huge key. If Deshaun Thomas goes ghost mode again and scoreless, he hasn't scored in the last three games, how does Coach Dakir mix and match his rotations? Lau Luoki, I feel, is also going to play a massive part in this one as well. But uh, I, I feel there's belief for Montana. I think Josh Vasquez in the best three-game stretch of his career, massive 15 points per game over his last three. He's kind of turned into that second, third option from a scoring standpoint. So all signs are pointing Montana's way. It's just a matter of battling through the runs right especially in these conference tournaments if you're down by four or six can you still focus it on executing because i don't think me or you would argue the fact who the more talented team is and who the more favor who the favorite team is here in this game what do you think is the uh, biggest mismatch in this game for montana what's, what's a matchup in which 
they could take advantage of. I, I think absolutely Deshaun Thomas against Jay Nagel. I think yeah. that that's someone that they absolutely have to go to work on. I also love Deion and Moody against Miguel Tomley matchup. Now, Tomley's yep. put up some nice numbers, but it, yes. it's never really been in a critical spot. And I feel that Moody, obviously, during the second half run, he can score over Tomley. I think the problem with on and Moody sometimes is when he runs into length, right? Montana mm-hmm. State gave him fits or teams that are really just going to take away the three. I don't see a player on Idaho State that can do that to on and Moody. So I think that those are the two big matchups the Grizz can exploit. And also, if Josh Bannon plays the one, how in the world is Ryan Looney going to defend that? I think that Bannon's going to be the X factor in this entire tournament for Montana. Uh, if they want to make a run, because he is the biggest mismatch in the league, especially when Montana plays him on the ball. What stat line is more important for Josh Bannon this week? Scoring, rebounding, or assists? Oh, assists, for without sure. Without a question. Because yeah. the, that, if he's getting a bunch of assists, that means Moody's doing what he does, moving without the ball. That means Deshaun Thomas is, is picking and popping. That, that means Brandon Whitney's slashing, getting in the lane. Lionel Martin spotting up. I mean, the Grizz are at their best when they play Bannon on the ball, and there's just there's nobody in the league that has anything for Josh Bannon to win when he is the focal point uh, with the ball in his hands at the top of the key. And there's also been nobody in Grizzly history that's been able to accumulate the stats. Yes, I got a little nugget for you. You want one nugget before yeah, yeah. I go down there? Okay. How many players in Grizzly history have accumulated 1,000 points, 700 rebounds, and 200 assists? Only Josh Bannon. Jordan Haskett's the only Ooh, other one. George, that's so, a good one. So Josh Bannon will become the second. He's a couple rebounds away from seven. But just goes to show the versatility and what Bannon can do. I mean, he's the ultimate X factor in this. And you find out in tournaments, right? Guys chase the MVP a lot, and other guys try and chase a victory. Mike Ogine really comes to mind That's for right. me at Montana. I feel Josh Bannon has to kind of channel a little bit of Mike Ogine himself if Montana is going to be in the winner's circle Wednesday night. He's Riley Corgan, voice of the Grizz. 47 minutes, 46 seconds and counting until tip. You can find his great radio call on the Grizzly Radio Network across the state of Montana. And uh, you can always find him here on Nuanas Now, whenever you can make the time. And uh, we'll be hearing from him pretty soon here because it is that time of year it's our tournament takeover thanks to all of our great sponsors uh, especially gray wolf peak casino gray wolf peak casino has over one million dollars in cash and prizes it's the million dollar march mania challenge you get a perfect bracket you're getting a million bucks unbelievable they have over eleven thousand dollars in guaranteed cash and prizes but if you fill out the perfect bracket you're gonna get a million dollars from gray wolf peak casino and their other participating casinos uh, from up on the uh, Flathead Indian Reservation. Appreciate them for their continued sponsorship of us here at Nuanas Now. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for able to bring us the Montana Basketball Hour. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. We'll hear from some subjects from both the Montana women's basketball team and the Montana State women's basketball team. Both of them heartbroken after one and dones in Boise. Wrap up the Montana Basketball Hour in hour number one. Right after this, keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? 
Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Shout out Darius Biles and Larry Hughes, man. Maybe that's a summer project for us. I want to know what happened to Murphy Lee. Maybe we'll track him down. I mean, who knows? We got a radio show with millions of you listening across the world. Who's Murphy Lee these days? Maybe he'll come on and kick it with us this summer. That's, that's a job for Andrew and Jeff. We'll get them on that. Start sending the emails, boys. Welcome back to Juana's Dow ESPN Radio, SWX by 10 Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coming to you live from Idaho Central Arena. I got my second wind. I was feeling like a really old man running up and down the stairs the last couple days. But now I'm sitting here on my perch getting ready uh, for this Grizz basketball game. And uh, it is great to be here. Thanks so much for listening. The Montana Basketball Hour continues. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for their continued support of the Montana Basketball Hour here uh, on your radio dial, on your television set, and on the ESPN MT app. We're not in the studio because we're here, obviously. And thanks to all of our great tournament takeover sponsors for sending us on the road as well. Blackfoot Communications, with their ever-expanding high-capacity fiber network and innovative voice solutions, Blackfoot's customers have access to the latest technologies backed by 24-7 technical support. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for you and your business, visit goblackfoot.com. We'll round up some high school scores in the second hour today. We also have Andrew Houghton, Skyline Sports, uh, as well as Krista Redpath, our women's basketball uh, Big Sky Conference analyst, joining me here on hour number two. But we'll wind down here the Montana basketball hour by wrapping up a few seasons. It was sort of the same old song for the Lady Grizz here. And it thought for I thought for a minute it wouldn't be. The first 10 minutes of the Lady Grizz game against Eastern Washington today, the Lady Grizz played outstanding. They shot 77% in the first quarter. They were moving the ball. They were moving without the ball. They were playing defense. They were handling the moment, handling the pressure. They looked great. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, maybe this is the, the time they turn the corner. Maybe they, maybe they finally get off the schneid and win a game at a neutral site tournament. Then Eastern went on a 21-4 run in the second quarter. They forced a bunch of turnovers. Jamie Loretta, the uh, Big Sky Conference defensive MVP, she owned her matchup and uh, had a whole bunch of steals uh, in the game. I think I guess her official total uh, ended up with five total steals. She also had 23 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. So she packed it, and uh, she's certainly an all-Big Sky type player. Aliyah Alexander, she hit four three-pointers and had 23 points for Eastern Washington, and they defeat the Montana Lady Grizz 72-64. to Carmen G. Feller, who's a senior but will return next year, she had 18 points for the Lady Grizz. Sammy Fackett, who's a senior and will not return next year, she had 12.7 rebounds for the Lady Grizz. Here's some sound from the post-game press conferences uh, 
following Montana's loss. Brian Holsinger asked some pretty straightforward but also uh, pretty pointed questions, and uh, he had some pretty honest answers. Here's the Lady Grizz second-year head coach following his team's loss here in Boise. Credit to Eastern Washington. Uh, they outplayed us today. They were tougher. They played smarter, and hence the score. Last year, we had the same exact feeling. It's not very fun. I hate it. I know these two hate it. Uh, these guys are fantastic individuals, and I love them dearly. Disappointed. We're really disappointed. The second quarter was just really the difference in the game, of course. Uh, and we relaxed on defense, and we turned the ball over too much. And it's really a simple thing. It's not, it's not hard. And you turn it over like that, and they turned it into points, and that was really the difference in the game. Consider this a successful season and where the program is at after two years. Is it where you think it should be in this amount of time? I think it's behind. I want to win. And so we haven't won enough, in my opinion, in the second year. That puts a lot of on the freshmen, I'll be honest. Those two are very talented, but they are freshmen. You saw it today. They really, the moment, they struggled in the moment. Uh, There's seven turnovers that led to a lot of points off off of turnovers. And so these are moments that you can't, replicate in practice and so for them is a big time learning experience and you know unfortunately we relied a lot on them and when they scored we did well and when they didn't turn over we did well and you know both Mac and and Libby have grown up tremendously I'm super proud of them Uh, when you're building a program and you're playing freshmen there's going to be some there's going to be some bumps and you know I thought we I thought we could win the game today but credits Eastern you know Jamie I've known Jamie Luetta since she was a little girl and she played a heck of a game. So you got to give your hat, hats off to her. Those two, those two guards really just hurt us. Uh, we couldn't, we didn't guard them well. So you got to give some credit to them. The program is not where it should be, in my opinion, yet. Uh, the third year will be a big telltale. We'll be super young again, but but lots of talent coming in. So I'm excited about the future. Disappointed in the results. We we I'm a defensive guy. We did not play defense like we should have all year. We got to improve in that area, and we will. Brian Holsinger, Lady Grizz head coach here on Nuanas now. Just a couple minutes. If you want to hear the full press conference, you want to see the full press conference, uh, you can visit Skyline Sports' YouTube channel. My uh, deal says we'll have it processed here in about 15 minutes. So uh, you can go check that out if you want to watch the whole thing. Also, though, uh, Will Effort, Coach Holsinger, we'll have him in studio here uh, for a studio or for a season, excuse me, recap uh, of the season. But, I mean, it's hard to really slice it any other way. A 14-16 and 16 record for the Lady Grizz, no matter what you want to say. Young roster, freshman in the starting lineup, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's Montana women's basketball. They've only had a couple losing seasons in the history of the program. And uh, to do it in year two when you have, I mean, they had four all-conference players this year. So um, they got to figure out a way to get things done when it comes to winning basketball games consistently. It's been the same old song for several Years, I mean, for, for close to a decade now. Since Robin Selvig retired, Lady Grizz have been a show of themselves, but they've also been living in the shadow of themselves as well. Uh, how do they sort of rewrite that element of the narrative surrounding their program? A couple thoughts from Carmen G. Feller, Sammy Fackett, a couple of the seniors uh, on this Lady Grizz team. That's next here uh, on the Montana Basketball Hour. Like you said, the last few years, we've gotten on our heels from the get-go. Um, I was proud of the way that we came out. We jumped up quick. Um, we came out aggressive, and we are playing right from the start. But then I don't, I don't know what necessarily changed. I think uh, all year we've been preaching defense, and I don't think we got enough stops. I don't think defense was – it didn't matter enough tonight, and I think that's exactly – it didn't matter how many – I mean, it just comes down to getting stops here, and we didn't do that. 
Carmen, you, you guys are searching for that elusive, you know, win in, in Boise. What's that like when you know what's on your mind, you want it so bad, and, and to come up short, like, what's that feeling like? It's really disappointing. It's really frustrating. I think we have a very, very talented team, and so it's really hard to come in here and walk out the next day. That's just something that we've been trying to work through every single year that I've been here, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to come back and get another shot at it, but uh, every team's different, and this is a team that I love so much, every individual person and player, and I would have loved to keep competing as long as possible with them. Like, what's just your, your outlook on, on this team and, and this program moving forward, and especially, you know, after you are announced you're coming back? Uh, like I said, a lot of growth this year. I'm super excited to see just how our young players continue to develop. They got a lot of experience under their belt this year. I think we have some really great incoming freshmen that are just going to continue to build this program up. And so being a part of it is super special and feeling positive about our future with the Lady Grizz. Kermit G. Feller here on Nuanas now. A couple minutes left here on the Montana Basketball Hour, but we do have a full second hour of this show coming at you, so uh, keep it tuned right here. But I thought Trisha Binford, Montana State head women's basketball coach, she did a good job of putting it in perspective. She said, hey, at the end of the day, every team in America besides the team that wins the national championship is going to end in heartbreak. It's going to end in a disappointing fashion. And now there is a little grain of salt there because, you know, if you win the Big Sky, you get to celebrate in the confetti, and you get to go to the big dance, and then everything after that is just gravy. So, you know, falling short in the Big Sky tournament, even more heartbreaking than maybe losing in the Sweet 16 or whatever it might be. But for Montana State, to have the winningest class in school history, 84 wins for the three uh, four-year seniors, Darian White, Cole Badbear, Masson Jackson, uh, to have all the Big Sky accolades and all the banners, I mean, they, they helped hang three banners. Uh, at Brick Green Fieldhouse. They went to the NCAA tournament a year ago. It, it's been an unbelievable run, sparked by and led by those three young ladies. Uh, so the heartbreak was palpable. It was very real yesterday here uh, in Boise, especially for somebody like Darian White, who's from this town, from this city, playing in front of uh, a huge crowd, uh, her friends and family that she grew up with. Uh, you just had to feel for her. I mean, the moments at the end of the game when it was ticking away and Montana State knew that they weren't going to come back against a red-hot Portland State team that just shot the lights out and completely flustered Montana State. Uh, it was tough to watch. I mean, it really was. And uh, I mean, that's what makes sports great, though, is just how much it means to people. And, and you know, sometimes the heartbreak makes you realize just how much went into it. I mean, you wouldn't have such heartbreak if it didn't mean so much to you. So um, let's hear from a few subjects uh, from Montana State's 77-65 loss to Portland State. We'll start. With Trisha Bidford, the 18th year head coach for the Montana State women's basketball team. My opening is I love these kids and I'm heartbroken for them. You know, the last couple games was kind of tough uh, just to help them from the mental aspect. You know, when you're senior year, you get to that point and uh, you want things to go a certain way. And we just couldn't win be- between the ears the last couple games. But uh, want to credit Portland State. Uh, they're playing their best basketball right now. They shot the three ball very well. The season for us has been very difficult with the three ball. So that ended up being kind of uh, the tough one for us today. Um, but the biggest thing I'm going to say about the two on, on my left and right in our senior class is, uh, first of all, the, the three that came in for four years, they're the winningest class in Bobcat history. And I think that speaks uh, for itself, the legacy they're going to leave here. I'm extremely proud of them. 
Trisha, you've been doing this for a long time, and every class is special, like you touched on how special this class is. So, you know, those final <laughs> moments when you sub all the seniors out, you get to hug them all, they all get to make their way down the bench. Just what are those moments like? And, you know, as a coach, just moment you get to kind of soak up one last moment with them on the court. Yeah, not, not long enough. <laughs> uh, not a lot, enough time to give them a great hug, right? So, um, you know, and those are always tricky. I didn't do a great job on Monday. I wasn't able to get Grace out uh, Monday. I'm like, oh, gosh, Grace is still on the bench trying to get back her back in, and there's no perfect way of handling that, you know. Unless you're winning a national championship, everybody's probably uh, going to be finishing on a loss, and you want to honor your seniors uh, the way that you want. And I think this class knows that uh, they're appreciated. Uh, they had a huge crowd on Monday. They had a huge crowd today. Uh, Bozeman draws extremely well. They love these young ladies, um, and they've done so much to our for our community beyond the court. Uh, you look at this ambassador here, um, everybody knows about No More Stolen Sisters anymore. Every And we're going to continue taking that torch that uh, Cola started on campus. Um, these are special young women. This young lady to my left just uh, broke into the top two in school history for points scored and just uh, surpassed Coach Bussey on our staff, and she probably doesn't even know it. I just told it. I will just say there's not enough time to give them that hug. You know, um, endings are hard, um, but journeys are amazing. And this journey with uh, this group has been as special as any. Endings are hard, but journeys are amazing. It's great perspective from Trisha Binford, who uh, continues to be one of the classiest coaches uh, in the Big Sky Conference. And, and uh, that's honest. That's the truth. They are special young ladies. I mean, Cole Badbear, Derry White. Perhaps the fa- the favorite duo I've covered in my 17 years covering Big Sky Conference women's basketball. It's not only because they're really fun players to watch, but they're just such cheerful, positive young ladies that are just so fun uh, to talk to. So we will wrap the Montana Basketball Hour here by hearing from uh, that duo, Derry White, Cola Badbear. I think you're actually going to hear Cola's voice first, but here's Montana State's incomparable senior duo following their team's loss to Portland State yesterday in the Big Sky Conference basketball tournament. Cola, Coulter, Nuwana, Skyline Sports. Uh, how hard is it to, to try to chase a, a second straight championship like you guys did? I think we were kind of used to it just from the get-go. We've always had a target on our back. And just coming into this year, like nothing was good enough because we were used to having a winning culture team. Um, and so it wasn't too much of pressure. I think, like she said, it was between our ears and battling the battle on our head. Because outright, I think we have a really talented team every year and we have something more to prove. But it's just what was going on up in the head. Darian, similar question. I mean, what was this moment like just uh, watching the final seconds wind down yeah, here in Boise? Just what Coach Ben said, you know, it's it's heartbreaking knowing that we're finishing off like this because I know we have so much more talent than what we showed out there. Um, you know, just like what Cola said, you know, we have a lot more to prove, honestly. You know, and there's it sucks because there's nothing we can do about it now. Um, you know, our season's over, but I'm really proud of the season that we had. And um, I think that this year was overall, you know, a really great experience. And I'm um, looking forward to see what the girls do next year. Darian, just when Portland State gets off to that fast start, you guys are kind of playing from behind most of the way. Just what was the like the rallying point of that? Like, how are you guys maybe trying to stay with it? Because you guys they never got too far out of hand, but you guys were still able to stick around. How did you guys maybe battle that adversity? I think that we knew that coming to this game, there were going to be butterflies. You know, we were nervous, um, and so we tried to just stay together as much as possible, keep taking the the good shots. You know, um, we kept saying that we were taking great shots, and they just weren't falling. Um, so you know, we stuck to the process. We were listening to what our coaches wanted us to run, and um, unfortunately. We didn't hit some of those shots, you know, but um, we tried to stick the course of the game and try to get stops on defense. 
then Cole, I think it was towards the end of the third quarter, you had the uh, the three-point play, and then Leah hit the three, and there was like that momentum was starting to come back. Could you guys feel it there? Like, how were you guys maybe trying to capture the momentum in that moment? Yeah, um, it was, I guess, an electric type of feeling, knowing we could make that run, especially in the third quarter, um, and responding just like that, because we, like you said, we're coming from behind the whole game, and just to have that quick momentum, those quick six points, um, I think it fired up something of, like, hope. For Darian and Cola, uh, Coach Ben just mentioned it in her opening statement. You have the the winningest class to to come through Montana State. Obviously, not the way that you want to go out, but in what way do you want your class or your careers to be remembered? I mean that we're willing to do whatever it takes to win. And credit to Coach Ben and the other coaches. You know, they recruit amazing um, you know girls with great characters and. They have an expectation and a standard for every player that's on the team, and I think they did a great job with that. Um, and they taught us that from the beginning, uh, especially with players you know they already had on the team. And so we were able to continue that and show you know our expectations and um, you know the way that we wanted to play. And unfortunately, yeah, it did end the way you know that we didn't want it to. But I think it. Uh, I mean, they're going to keep doing great things. It's a great program. Yeah, um, just to piggyback off that, I hope we just showed like what a winning culture can look like and what a family truly looks like on and off the court and that we like I hope they can continue to exemplify that um, and I think that's something like our team has always separated from other teams is our connection off the court and like our, how much we truly love each other and I just hope that continues to happen and I know it will especially with this group of girls and the team coming back next year. There you go. Jerry White, Cole Bad Bear, Montana State seniors to wrap up here the Montana Basketball Hour. Andrew Houghton, Skyline Sports, Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Analyst and the color commentator for this entire Women's Basketball Tournament. That's what makes up our number two. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for their continued support of all the things we do here at ESPN Radio and Skyline Sports. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana's homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in and connect to an ever-changing world. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. 25 minutes away from the tip of the Grizz men's basketball game against Idaho State. We'll get you all set up for that next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.